going on, Swagger Nation? Welcome to Swagger the Podcast, episode 13. Wow, do we have yeah. a treat? We have a treat. We have Ezra Prez <laughs> in the house. We have Ezra Hainsworth. Yeah. Dude, how? What? Talk to me about that, dude. Where Where did that nickname come from? When, yes. Why did you decide to <laughs> run so, for president? Yeah, dude, the Ezra Prez thing that came from. Uh, I started in high school. You started in high school. Okay. Yeah. So okay. so I actually, I uh, I was actually pretty introverted for a good. Now I can say about half my life. Um, where I was a kid in junior high that had to, I had having, I'd have social anxiety where I'd have to count to myself to like ten in order to go talk to a kid I was on the football team with or ask a question in class, and I just, it was hard for me to socialize, you know, and I always was envious of those kids that could were on like student council and they you know ran the assemblies and they were like really fun personalities and they had lots of cool friends and they were you know I sat at the I sat at the misfit table during lunch. We're just a bunch of odd ducks, and I, I was part of the, the odd duck crew. Um, and uh, so that, yeah, that was... <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't know that about me. I have a, a, a naturally introverted personality. Um, There's no way anyone could tell uh, at this point that that was ever the case. Yeah, it was a past life. And I was actually... That was... Uh, I was actually going by my middle name then, which is McKay. Oh, we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was a flip that switched when my parents divorced when I was 16. We moved back to Utah from Arizona, to central Utah. And I kind of got thrown into it where I wasn't necessarily expecting to break out of this shell I have had surrounded myself with. Um, but that's what happened, and, and I kind of got thrown into it and did a really small school, and, and I turned into a, a, a big fish there, which was interesting. I was a new kid for two years, and I went there because junior and senior year. Um, what high school was that? North Stampede High School, Ooh. home of the Hawks. Yeah, go Hawks. Are you guys 2A uh, or 1A? 3A. Oh, oh. So 3A. Heavy hitters, 3A. So, yeah, okay. there was about 750 kids that went to school there, and my graduating class had about 160. 10-ish. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting high school experience because I, you know, just got, my parents got just, just got divorced, moved into a new city, moved into a new culture because I don't do small town podunk. Uh, it's not what I'm about. I still don't own a pair of cowboy boots and it will probably remain that way. Yeehaw. Um, but uh, yeah, just a couple weeks into... Uh, moving there, a um, buddy of mine had saw that my name was Ezra on Facebook, and he's like, dude, this kid's name's Ezra, not McKay, and I just caught, like, fire. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Ezra's a cooler name. Like, okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's a way cooler name. I can <laughs> no, no, tell no. you from experience. And uh, and it wasn't, not, and frankly, it was just, it was easier, so I wouldn't have to tell people, like, oh, actually, I go by McKay, my middle yeah. name. Yeah. Um, Welcome to my life. Right. <laughs> uh, but that is your name now. My middle name as well. What, dude? What's your first name? William. William. That's a strong name. Thanks, bro. No, I can I can attest to the uh, the uh, going through it growing up. Yeah. Hey, this is my middle name, bro. Like, why do you go by your middle name? Yeah. I don't know. Just my parents just decided to do it that way. That's that's my go-to answer. Yeah. Is I don't know. <laughs> they, they did it Have you ever me. considered going by William? No. Oh, I, I love McKay. Oh, good. That's that's me. Good. Sure. Good. No, I love that. Yeah, I felt like uh, 
McKay was for me. I was this introverted, shelled little kid, and then uh, about three weeks into moving to this new school, I was I ran for junior class secretary and won because the girl that had been in that position moved over the summer, and that spot opened up, and I okay. ran and I got it because I was the new kid and everyone knows who the new kid is. Yeah, and then um, later that year, my junior year, the spring semester, I ran for student body president and. That's when I picked up Edge for Prez. Wow. Yeah. So you were the student body president in high school, too? Yeah. Okay. Dang, bro. So, yeah. And then uh, my boss. So I was on student council with my boss's daughter. I worked at a bakery in high school. Okay. And uh, We'll touch on that a little bit. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, you know, whenever I walk in, he's like, Edge for Prez. Like, what's up? <laughs> But yeah, that was wow. anytime I see him, he's like, "Is for Perez," and there's a lot of people that still do that, but it's it's pretty. Familiar. So that's the origin of the Ez of the nickname there. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Dude, how did we how did we meet? Uh, so I, I ask this of everyone that comes on here, and no one, no one including myself, can ever remember. I like I feel like it was moment. I can't remember a specific moment because I'd seen your round. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. like because um, I knew Mitch. Um, and Wyatt a little bit and I think it was just like in passing and then all of a sudden like we hang out um, at volleyball or a party or so I remember like when I first moved here so we're, we're talking five years ago Ryan Give you know Ryan right Ryan. no Ryan okay well that's that's awkward Ryan if you're listening you need to hit us up Oh, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ryan, oh, my yeah. gosh, I'm so, so sorry. So, <laughs> I know Ryan. Yeah, I know Ryan. Okay, so yeah. Ryan, I saw he was either rocking one of your Esther Prez shirts. Okay. Someone had a sticker on the car, and I was like, who the freak <laughs> is this guy? Who well, the freak does this, is this, does this guy think he is? Wait, when did, so when did you move to St. George? So I moved here five years ago, so 2016. So, so this might have been the year after. Or so it was actually, tw- if you moved here in 2016, um, if it was... Fall or spring? I moved here in the summer. So okay. it was summer of 16. So, <laughs> summer of 16. So summer of 16, I had ran I ran that spring before and lost. Okay. That was, so okay. he was ripping my old shirt of my nice. failed election attempt. Yeah. I just kept hearing about this, this as guy. And I was like, dude, who the <laughs> heck is this guy? So that was my, that was my first, uh, my first, my first knowledge of, of you was, oh, that's was just this sticker that was bugging me. And I was like, Guy. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I think just in passing, man, just mutual friends and yeah, we just connected there. And yeah. We were both at school. School. What brought you to? What brought you to Dixie, dude? Um, I hate the snow. And I so central Utah, the, with the elevation, and everything, it, it they get a fair amount of snow and it gets really cold. Yeah. So two years of experiencing that after living in Arizona for four years, I was like, I'm not doing this. There's no way. I hate driving in the snow. I hate shoveling sidewalks because, you know, when my parents split, I lived in a single bathroom, three bedroom house with my mom and five sisters. And I and was five always, sisters? Five sisters, yeah. My brother moved in with my dad, and I was in charge of shoveling the sidewalks, of chopping the wood, because it's an old pioneer home, so there's only one wood burning stove in the house. So I'm chopping wood, scraping windows, and I was like, I don't enjoy this. You know, and so as the man of the house, yeah. of course, I, I'm the one that gets to yeah. 
get such off the wood and shovel the sidewalks. So I'm like, I'm not doing this. So I had, I had planned on going to UVU um, because that's where my buddies were going. And then I had a friend from elementary school hit me up. He's like, dude, I'm going to New Dixie to tour. Do you want to come with? I was like, sure. I've been to St. George, um, I think, once previously the summer before when I, I went came down here for uh, like a, a high school – student council leadership week-long camp thing. I'm like, yeah, St. George is cool. Um, It's really hot, but it reminded me of Arizona, so I was was about it. And uh, so, yeah, he, I came down and toured campus with him, and I'm like, dude, this place is dope. I'm coming here. I had, like, no second thought, no, like, oh, well, let me weigh my options. It was, nope, I'm going to come to Dixie. So, um, so I I really, I came down because of the weather. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When did you come down here? 2011. Okay. Yeah. Because I graduated. Decade strong, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Nice. Yep. So two years. Um, For those of you who don't know, Ez is pretty much like the epitome of, of like Dixie. It's like <laughs> Ez is, if you think of Dixie State, Ez is <laughs> oh. like just, I feel like you've been doing stuff and being involved with the, like the school and the, the university just. Yeah, just for a uh, while. As long as I've been here, and you've yeah. been here five years before me. So. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so I, I came down. I uh, got super involved. I enjoyed being on student council in high school. I was like, I, that's what I want to do. So during my freshman orientation, I met the then student body president. His name is Mike Sheffield. Um, stellar dude. He's an awesome guy. And I was like, I want to be like Mike. You know, be the student body president. Um he just seemed to know everybody. I was like, that's the kind of guy I need to be around. And so I was like, hey, Kim, how do I join student government? He's like, sign up. Well, back then they used to have interviews for committee members. Now they just like whoever will sign up, they'll take, right? It's because they've expanded that much. Yeah. So I got interviewed and, and I was super jazzed. I was like, I got a, a volunteer position to go on student <laughs> government. And, and then I started helping with planning events and I turned into the party guy which was weird which was something completely unexpected but that I think that stemmed from just wanting to feel included and so I tried to include as many people as possible so I would it's a great strategy <laughs> it, yeah. it, it was cool because um, my my sophomore year I uh, I was involved more in PR and marketing for student government and this was before text groups and like you could send out mass text to people using an app or whatever. I, I would go through my phone and I would text every person I knew at Dixie. And then the list got to, and this sounds braggy, but it's just a number thing, but I was texting over like 250 people every time there was an event. Like, hey, there's got this thing going on. Whether it was school related or not, whether it was a house party or if it was volleyball or night games or a Dixie event, a dance, whatever it was, I was like, "Hey, pull up, we're gonna have a good time." So that was that was fun. Um, I remember one time I was uh, I can't remember where I was at, but I was somewhere and I get a phone call from a random number. I was like, "Hey, what's up? I don't know who you are, but how can I help you?" Like, "Oh, we bumped into so and so at Paxson in the mall." And she said that you're the guy that knows what's going on in St. George. And I was like, what? I'm like, that's true. It's true. So what are you guys looking for? Are you guys looking for a kickback? Do you want, like, are you into drinking? Like, do you want, like, what's your vibe? He's like, well, we're probably like a party where we can meet 
girls and probably get drunk. It's like, okay, so here's this address. Let's make sure you take your own alcohol and uh, have a good night, guys. Like, thanks, man. But yeah, so you was, were like, what's the Facebook group now? It's like St. George Need to Know or something like that, or oh, it could uh, be. I, I don't. You were just the, <laughs> you were the that. I you was. Were the, you were the OG. I was the St. George Need to Know, which is crazy, but. But yeah, and then I, uh, after my sophomore year, I got my associates, went on my mission. Where'd you go? Mexico. And that was a super bien time. Um, yeah, it was what, awesome. What part was it again? Merida, so the southern peninsula. Okay. Um, and uh, I hated it at the beginning. I missed I missed St. George and my friends more than my family. Because yeah. I'd already been down here for two years. I. That's pretty uncommon to do two full years, especially being as involved uh-huh. as you were, and then to just dip out. And I was like, peace, right? And so it was, it was, it was, it was hard to leave my friends. Hard to leave what you know the the kingdom I had established. I was like, this is yeah, yeah, this is my kingdom, right? Pretty pretentious, but that's how I was thinking back then, and yeah. and uh, and yeah, no, I just went on my mission and. Because I was like, I miss my friends, and I miss St. George, and I guess I miss my family, kind of, but mostly it's my friends. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, hindsight's everything, and I love my mission. It taught me a lot about being able to do hard things and overcome challenges and whatnot. So, yeah. Shoot, dude. So, okay. So, fast forward to when you got back. Uh-huh. What year was that? I got home um, summer of fifteen. Okay, uh-huh. and just right back to St. George. No, or what? No. So where did life take you after that? Yeah, Alaska. I didn't know that. Yeah. So my mom and my sisters moved from Central Utah to Alaska while I was on my mission. Wow. In fact, all of my family had moved out of Utah. I think my sister and brother were in Arizona. My dad moved to Arizona. My Mom and younger sisters moved to Alaska, so I had no immediate family left in St. George, and it was pretty weird. Um, but I just, you know, felt the need to go to Alaska and be the man of the house again. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was pretty interesting. So I, I lived there for probably about a, um, I think it lasted like a month. A month. A month. Yeah, because I tried. So I, I got back from my mission in July. I spent three weeks traveling, seeing family, seeing friends, and then um, that put me back in Alaska, yeah, like the beginning of August, and then I I went full bore. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm committing, so I got my, you know, because I turned 21 over my mission, so I got my license updated in Alaska. I had an Alaska number for the last five years up until, up until a year ago. Wow. Um tried to sign up for University of Alaska Anchorage, try to get in classes so I yeah. could get a degree, and I have no idea what I was thinking then, but I figured it was supposed to be something, and I applied to a million jobs, and I just nothing was working out. Just I couldn't get a job, couldn't, uh, which is weird because there's a ton of work in, in Alaska. Like There's so much to do. Um, so I couldn't get a job, which was strange. Um, I was having a lot of issues trying to register for classes. Just certain things just wasn't working out. I was like, I don't know what to do. I tell my mom, like, hey, I don't know what to do. Nothing's working. She's like, well, maybe you need to go back to St. George. And I was like, that's crazy. 
I mean, like, I would love to, but that's crazy because I thought I think I'm supposed to be here. Did you feel like it was crazy because that just seemed like a past chapter uh-huh. that you just moved on from already? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I felt like, well, I did my time. It was a good time, but now I'm here, moving on, ready to take on whatever you know yeah. God has planned for me next. Yeah. And uh, and then she's like, well, I'll just think about it. And it was a Sunday, and uh, <laughs> and uh, anyway, I think I had fasted that day too, and. Uh, I think I'm supposed to go back to St. George. So I booked a flight um, for that following Saturday. Um, I got the last seat on the flight from Anchorage to Seattle and then Seattle to Vegas. Um, I found a place to live. I called up my buddy, like, hey man, I. Did you bring stuff with you? Um, I had a suitcase and then I had a bunch wow. of my stuff at my dad's house that was okay. in storage. Okay. Um, and then I, I got back to St. George. I got to St. George. I found a place. I was living in someone's living room for a couple of months in a hammock. And <laughs> yeah, and that lasted another five years. I had I had slept in a hammock for uh, like yeah five years total. Two years on my mission. Three years after. That was a, a funny thing to tell people. Um, oh, that's a story in and of itself. Yeah. Right. And then that next Monday. I had a job interview and I started working full time by Thursday. Like it just, it all, wow. like it just clicked like super well. And I was like, this is crazy. So it was like, it was definitely, my mom was absolutely inspired. And she was like, yeah, you, I mean, it makes sense, you know? And then I, uh, then I didn't go back to school in the fall because I missed fall semester. Then I came back in the spring, decided to run off of, Nothing. I mean, I, I, I thought it's like weird going on a mission because you think you can pick up where you left off. You have this weird illusion like time just stopped everywhere else except for, yeah. you know. I think anyone that serves a mission for the church will, will have that thought, right? Like, I can, just, I can just pick up where I left off. No, you cannot. That is not possible. Um, so I thought, that like, oh, I, I was pretty popular back then. This will be easy. And, uh,. <laughs> I didn't even make it to like the second round. I just, I lost like flat out. It was bad. Okay. Yeah, and that was a pretty humbling experience because I think then I was, I was running because I I wanted to be like the it guy. I wanted to be, Mister Big Man on campus. So I was running, obviously for the wrong reasons. I was running for out of pride and out of trying to be, you know, the man. Yeah. Where where were most of your your buddies from two years? previously at at that point well <laughs> I'm married so everyone that I was roommates with uh, my freshman year had, were all married um, and then most people had moved out of St. George because they were just either going to different school yeah. or or you know jobs whatever so I still I still hang out with a couple people like like um, Gage so Gage, Gage and I here that's yeah right. yeah so I, I've known Gage the longest out of anyone else I know in St. George that's pretty cool. I love Gage. He's a good dude. Um, and then, then like Maisie. So oh, I knew Maisie right. before my mission. So yeah. she was still here for a minute. She's been back and forth between California and here for the last couple of years. But yeah, got good friends with Maisie before and then after. Um, and there was a few others. But yeah, not, not too many people. Mostly just like in passing. Like, oh, you pulled up. But yeah. Nothing too, okay. nothing too much. So it was a whole brand new group of friends, whole brand new um, 
and I had to basically reestablish myself and and uh, I uh, did that because I was the stampede president that following year which entailed what which was running the student section at all the sporting events so that was cool I went to every single home game and some away games um, you know we uh, we got that massive flag that we put over the student section we um, what else did we do I wore that stupid cape I love that cape but I wore a cape I, I recall yeah <laughs> that my Nacho Libre cape which was a hoot and a holler I rode around on a moped um, picked up lots of women on there and uh, no <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah then I was able to use that platform and I was like well I kind of want to run again but I don't really know if it's in the cards this time just because I just you yeah. know I just like I want to like if I run I want to run for the right reason and not because I you know I'm trying to be the most popular guy on campus yeah. Um, so I ran again, and it was successful. You know, um, it, was, it was cool. I really, really enjoyed being student body president, mostly just because of the opportunities it afforded me and the people I met. I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess it, it works as a really great resume builder. But the best part about it was just meeting with people and being able to connect to students and meet. Um, you know, faculty, staff, administration, board of trustees, other student body presidents and other students from around the state because you just get to go to those things. Um, networking, we went to D.C. for a few days uh, the summer before that year and we met a bunch of student body presidents from all over the country. So like from Yale and Harvard and mm. and big California schools. Yeah. And so it was like, it was cool. Like I felt like, I was like, this is crazy. Um, you know, and then like, Dixie State is that? That in the south, I was like, <laughs> it's in the south of Utah, and they're like, oh, that's that's crazy. I had no idea, yeah. which is also another interesting topic of conversation. Um, I will get your take on that, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, no, it was good. It was I I really enjoyed it. Um, I feel like most of what I learned in college wasn't by going to class, but it was just by experiencing. I'd I would I'd compare my college experience was probably the best anyone could have. Um, just by what I was able to do and who was able to meet. And, and I really tried to go to all types of events. I would go to the plays and the choir concerts and the Latino club meetings. And, and um, I'd go to any and all event that there was. I would go to everything. It was nice because I didn't have to work at all. Um, but, yeah, it was, college was awesome. I loved college. And then throwing house parties, that was uh, – <laughs> I, I you, yeah you used to have you used to have a spot in yeah, the house. The danger zone literally that's what it was called yeah I remember yeah. I only went to a couple and I remember pulling up I'm like what the freak bro like there yeah. are like a thousand people here uh, in this like yeah. 1200 square foot yeah it's not very big house we have DJ Poppy Tino in the on the ones and twos is that where is that where he yeah that's where he started. That's I, where he started. I think that's where. Now I don't want to take credit because I don't. I don't. I. I can't remember if he had started wedding DJing. It in the lines. Uh, we we work together now. I'm gonna have to ask him tomorrow at work to see um, if he started DJing at those parties or if he had yeah. started wedding DJing before and then he just had the stuff. Because I'd be actually pretty curious now that you think. Now that I think about it. Okay. Uh, what a what a full circle, bro. 
just yeah making making millions yeah in a professional environment together coming from yeah from throwing parties in college dude yeah that was that was fun i really enjoyed throwing parties but that was that was more for well it was a (laughs) had a dual purpose the first one was obviously to just uh, be inclusive and try and invite as many people as possible um I've never been one to always stick with the same friend group and just have that friend group and that's it. I I friend grouped a lot in high school, just meeting people from different groups, different crowds. Um, I did that a lot in college as well. Um, I don't think I ever hang out with the same friend group more than two weeks in a row. I'm just always trying to do, do different stuff and meet different people and experience new things. Um, which, which I feel like most of my success in life has come from the people I've met, not necessarily because of what I know how to do, because I'm a pretty simple man. Um, but meeting people have blessed my life way more than just things that I know. So, so that yeah, so that's been nice. Um, been really appreciative of that. But yeah, I just wanted people to show up and have a good time. But then the other side, which is the more like ego side, was I'm an attention whore, and I loved. <laughs> I love hey, hey, I love the attention. At least you admit it, dude. You know, I love yeah. the attention. I I and this is and people that if you have attended those parties before, um <laughs> you'll know that I as as it was getting started I'd always stand at the door just so I can be like, Hey yeah, welcome to my party. Not like our party, but like welcome to my party. My party. You know, welcome to my party. How many um, people live there? Um, I think like five or six of us. Wow. But I was like, I was like heading, like we, it was like a yeah. group thing, yeah. but of course I'm like, yeah, this is my party, so well, sorry guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, mostly because it, it came from my, I mean they would all, we'd all send out the same text and group, but it was a good thing. It was yeah, it was it was it was my attention for neediness that needed the those parties, um, which is is interesting because because uh, well then when the parties were over I. I Stand at the door. I'm like, hey, yeah, thanks for coming to my party. <laughs> I'll let you know when the next one is. And I'm like, did you get like who'd you get the snap from or who'd you hear that from? And like, I can't remember. I'm like, well, just add me on Snapchat real quick. And so just building up that whole network. And but it was crazy. And this isn't something that I had realized in the moment. But really, it was I. I'm a self-diagnosed. I suffered from antisocial anxiety. Whereas if I wasn't around people, I'd start to get like anxious and I, I feel like I'd have to do something and FOMO was running my life dude. Oh, I say uh, you know layman's terms of FOMO yeah FOMO I call it antisocial anxiety because it was like whenever um, I didn't have something planned I felt like I was missing out on something and like I needed to do something or I wasn't being productive or whatever it was and so I had you know dealt with a lot of antisocial anxiety but then it was weird because I mean thinking back on it it was it what I wanted those parties and those things to fulfill, they weren't. Because I still felt like alone. You know, like, mm-hmm. you always, there's this there's this speech by Matthew McConaughey. He's like, no matter, like, who you know or what you do throughout your day, you always go to bed with your thoughts. And they're your thoughts alone. And even if you're sleeping with someone in, in the bed next to you, like, you're, you go to bed alone because that's what's inside your head. So, so yeah, that was... That was interesting. I was expecting some sort of, I think, fulfillment from that, but yeah, but huh. uh, yeah, it was. 
and it was this for the entire year of college, which was awesome. It was, I didn't really spend too much time dwelling on, you know, the deeper issues of what was going on inside my mind. Um, and I graduated 2018, got my degree in communication studies. And then I went to Mexico for 10 days, which was awesome. And then I went and sold pest control in Las Vegas. And I lasted about three weeks before I had a complete total mental breakdown. It was nuts, dude. I like, it was weird going from, from where I was at in college to having doors slammed in my face all day. And my brain could not handle it. It cracked. That's, that's quite the 180. It, it cracked. And I remember driving to area one time after lunch and I... I couldn't get myself to pull over and start knocking doors. And I found myself in a church parking lot. And I just, next thing I know, I'm just sobbing. Just absolutely sobbing and crying and like hyperventilating. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on because I've never experienced that before. And I was like, oh, mental health. That's crazy. Because like, I mean, you preach about it a lot, you know, in, in college um, about mental health awareness and making sure you're taking care of your friends and, in yourself, you know, but I, I was so busy that I, I didn't give myself time to take care of me. Um, and then it all just came crashing and burning in Vegas. So that was crazy. I left Vegas and then I went and delivered for Amazon in Phoenix for a good two months. I remember that. Yeah, that was a, it was cool. It was, it was an easy job. It was super, um, um, not monotonous. It was, I mean, I guess it wasn't, it was just the same thing every day, you know. I drove most of the same route. Totally crushed it at that job, though. I mean, that was always the first one done for something competitive. But, yeah, it was definitely, uh, I had to to change my mindset quite a bit on that one. It was, uh, it was crazy. I had an anxiety attack. It was weird. I hadn't experienced it before. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. We're okay. So you're in Phoenix. Uh-huh. Um, Phoenix. And then I, so I, I was there for the summer because that's where my mom was living at the time. So I just had a, like a, I needed to reset, reevaluate, figure out what I'm going to do with my life because I have a degree in communications, but I have no other plan for the future. No yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, and then a job opened up. Um, at Dixie State as an admissions coordinator, which I was like, <laughs> I can do this. Like I can, if there's any one job that was meant for me, it's this one, right? So I interview and I don't get it. And then they gave it to, to somebody else and she, she did an awesome job and it was really fun working with her because I did get the job eventually. They created a position for me. They were like, we really, really want you to be here so we're going to, create this job for you and at the same time I had interviewed for a job at Slick, Salt Lake Community College for um, an advisor in their student government and I was like this is also a job I could see myself doing yeah. but it was the same day where where they're like Slick offered me the job and I'm like okay I just gotta figure some things out I'll get back to you tomorrow and then I'm telling the guy that interviewed me for the job at Dixie, I was like, because he had been playing around with the idea. He just didn't know if it was going to go through yet. So I told him, like, listen, I've been offered a job at Slick. Is that job open or not? And yeah. he's like, it's open. 
like, hey, what, can I live in St. George? You can live in St. George. Like, hey, I'll take it. Absolutely. Yeah. So. So he took the job as the admissions coordinator at Dixie State in, uh, I think it was, eh, it was like August, I think, of 2018. Did that job for two years. Traveled a ton. A ton. I travel a lot. I think I've I think I've driven every corner of of Utah. Because I know what you were doing, but walk walk everyone else through yep. what what your uh, so what your job entails. Yeah. So the admissions coordinator at, at I mean this is all, all colleges have a position in this like this, but basically go to high schools and recruit kids and give presentations. I loved public speaking. Yeah. Um, I actually really still like it. Um, I don't get very many opportunities to do it right now, but. Again, it's the attention whore. I like I like being in front of people. I yeah. like holding a mic in my hand. I like commanding a room, um, cracking dad jokes in front of people and making people laugh. I really enjoy. So I did that for two years, and it was awesome. I really enjoyed, um, you know, selling Dixie. I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. It was yeah. selling a college experience, and I told them about some of the things that I did and what I got to do. Um, and... Uh, my first year, I don't think we had surpassed the record of like twenty eight and a half hundred admits. I think it was like you know, like twenty eight fifty ish. But then the second year, we surpassed three thousand new admits, and that was during COVID. Wow! So we yeah we we crushed it. But that also, I switched jobs a year ago. Switched over to busy busy selling software so that was an interesting career change but yeah but good i really loved it and i think it was about the time that i need to move on anyway just because i felt like i had reached the peak of what i could do as an admissions coordinator without having to go you know get a degree and move up in that department because i i don't really think i'd I'd see myself elongating my career in uh college admissions so so yeah bro i recall that at one point in time you were hoping to pursue a graduate degree yep. in what? Remind me. So um, you're probably thinking of sports strength and conditioning. Yep. yep. But I actually had gone into a different master's program okay. at, at ASU okay. for communications because I was like, yeah. at that point I was like, oh, I think I want to go into this, but decided it wasn't for me. Um, but... Yeah, so so then I found a degree at SUU in sports, um, strength and conditioning, um, and for that particular program, you have to have a degree in sports science or sports medicine or exercise science. And I don't have that, so yeah. I have to have a personal training certificate. So I got the study materials about a month, a uh, year and a half ago. Opened the book once and freaked out, just because it was such a such a new genre of learning for me that I yeah. I like shocked myself out of it it was interesting um, and the reason for why my in, that piqued my interest anyway is because I started going to the gym consistently when I got my job at Dixie so that's when I started going every day at 6 um, which was nice um, now it's every day at 5 and I've been doing that for the last year and I love it Jeez, dude. Um, I trained and ran Two half marathons, a Spartan race, and a full marathon in 2019, That's right. which was awesome, That's right. which was really cool. Yeah. Um, 
it started out as just training for a half marathon with some coworkers, and then it turned into I'm like I actually really like running. I don't have the body for it because I I'm pretty top heavy and I've got some thicker limbs. <laughs> but no, I really enjoyed running. Um, and then about mile eight of my marathon, it um, my knee bummed out on me, and I finished somehow, but it was painful, and uh, that was not. That was not so. I'd gotten down. I'd been about two, about two fifty five when I started running. I got down to two sixteen. Jeez. Um, so I was pretty, pretty lean. Yeah. And that's the most lean I've been since high school. Yeah. Um, and that was yeah. That was two thousand nineteen. And then last year, the pandemic hit, which really threw off my gym schedule. I couldn't run because my knee wouldn't let me run more than a couple miles. Um, started dating someone and, uh, when you date someone, you just tend to not care about what you eat because you want to go and eat with your significant other, right? So I, I gained quite a bit of weight over the pandemic and then dropped some weight in January and February and lost a good 16 pounds. Um, was that during that little challenge? That it was, did? yeah. yeah. So I lost 16, but I gained a pound of muscle, which was cool. Sweet. But since January, um, so the, we did the in-body scan, right? So I scanned in at 263 okay. with 177 pounds of lean muscle. So then I rescanned myself in August, the beginning of August this month. Yeah. I weighed 263 with 184 pounds, 185 pounds of lean muscle. So I gained... Like eight pounds of muscle. Yeah. Over the last seven months. Stayed the same weight. Stayed the same weight. That's yeah. Awesome. But I feel heavy, dude. I feel like my back it hurts so bad. Um, because I'm sitting in the desk all day. Yeah. And so whenever I do leg days, and leg days used to be my favorite, but another like, like damn, I have to do leg day week, but my back hurts yeah. and it sucks because I'm 28 now and I feel like yeah. that just comes with pains and soreness anyway. Um, but uh. Yeah, so I'm actually still considering doing that. I, okay. I want to get my personal training certificate, um, and then it's an online program that I can do while I'm working yeah. full-time. Yeah. So I'm actually getting back into that, um, and hopefully by next fall, I'll actually, I'm going to apply for next fall for that master's program. Because I think I really love working where I work. Um, I don't know if it's the life for me long-term. Um I like being more active and personal with people that I can see face to face, and sure. you know, and so. Cause walk me through what your position entails now, because yeah. I know, um, but walk, walk the yeah. listeners through. So, so when I started busy, busy, I was a, a business development rep, so it was just phone calls all day, yeah. and it was fun. It was, it was good to learn the product. It was good to, you know, spark competition between everybody, and I was doing that for about the first ten months, and then now about. Yeah, two months ago, I made the transition from onboard or from sales to onboarding, which is um, once they buy, I help set them up on their account and help them teach them how to use a product to their benefit, um, and so that they're getting the most out of what they're paying for. Yeah. So now I do that. That's cool. So I manage clients now. Um, commissions aren't as high as they unfortunately used to be, which is fine. Um, but I really like it. I think it's more my speed as far as what my personality entails because I really don't like pushing people out of their comfort zone. And in that regard, like, 
because you're calling people out of the blue and you're like, hey, we have this thing. And I, it's a great product, but it's still hard for me to push people. Of course, dude, yeah. Out you're of their the comfort zone. the best product in the world. And right. If you're reaching out to someone out of the blue, they're going to be like, what the hell are you calling me? Exactly, for? yeah. Um, but on the flip side of that, I think that's what appeals to me so much about personal training and getting into strength and conditioning is like people – People are there and they want to work. They just need help figuring that out. And I really like that. So I'm, I've been running an experiment on myself for the last eight months as far as you know gaining muscle. And then as soon as I reach the 1,000-pound club in my lifts, then I'll, I'll start on a pretty hard cut. And I'm going to – Which entails? So the 1,000-pound club entails uh, a combined weight lifted in bench, deadlift, and squat okay. of a thousand, at least 1,000 pounds. So right now my bench is at 295. Yeah, Pretty jazzed about that. Yes, um, Add a couple two and a halfs on the side. I, yep, I know, right? Get to 300. Yeah. Um, I want to do three plates, I think, yes. by the end of the year. And I think I can do that pretty yeah. easily. But um, the issue is my back. Mm. It's the lower back, and yeah. it's so sore and so tight. So it's hard to – I did I did deadlifts this morning, and after the second rep, I was like, so I, yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't do a lot of weight bearing lifts for my back, my lower back. Okay. So it's hard to max out yeah. and like lift heavy when your back hurts that much. So I gotta figure out how to take care of that, but that'll be part of the learning process. And and uh, I think what appeals to me working in the fitness industry is people are even even like they're motivated enough to get to a point where they need to turn that motivation into discipline. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people like, Ezra, how do you, like, what keeps you motivated every day to get up at five and go to the gym? Like, dude, it's not, it's not motivation anymore, my man. It is discipline. It's something that I know that I need for my mental health. It's something I need for my emotional and physical health as well. And so um, I'm a morning person anyway. I've turned myself into a morning person. I was going to ask, dude. So, I mean, along those lines. So how long, how long have you been doing the get up in the AM? And work? Three years. Okay. Before then. How long did it, how long do you feel like it took you to get in the groove and the routine of doing that? Um, that's a good question. I don't, I think it was more of a switch to be honest. Yeah. Like I, cause it, well, so it, getting up early started in the summertime working for Amazon cause I had to travel 45 minutes to get to work. So I had to get okay. it up early enough yeah. to get there. We started at, I think we started at 7.30. So I had to get there, you know, usually 15, 20 minutes before. Mm-hmm. And it's a 45-minute drive. So I was getting up at, I think, 5.30 or 6. Yeah. I can't remember exactly, but that's just getting up to go right, to work. Right, that's just your normal day. Right. Um, and then I told myself, as soon as I get an adult job and I have a set schedule, I'm going to start going to the gym. Because I had gone in college now and then. I, you know, run stadiums at on campus every now and then and then I wasn't ever consistent with it um, didn't really care much about what I was eating um, or being conscious at least of what I was eating but yeah I mean it's just it's I found what works for me and some people can't do the a.m. thing and I get it yeah you got to find what works for you I think there's I think there's definitely a point though you have to get through your life where you have to step outside of your own comfort zone enough to find what works because if you're just expecting it to show up, that's not going to happen. Yeah. That's there's no way. And so, so that's the big thing is like you got to find out do 
a.m. or p.m. works um, workouts work better for you. Yeah. If it's the p.m., then go after work. Go at 10 p.m. Whenever it is. Yeah. You know, because I have a ton of people that are like, dude, Ezra, like I see you always go, but I can't get up that early. I'm like, well, then don't. Yeah. I mean, you can try it, but I, and this sounds a little pretentious as well, but I've gone through, I think, five or six different workout partners because they can't yeah. stay up that or they can't oh, get yeah. up that early for yeah. that, you know, extended period of time. Usually they last a week to two, maybe three weeks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of times they're students, so they, you know, they got homework and they stay out late, and I get it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, they're like, how do you just do it? Like, you just, you just have to, you know. Like, it's like interesting balancing mental health because there's a lot of things that you have to be, I think, delicate with like mental health is a, a, can be a touchy su- subject and when you bring in depression anxiety and when those turn more chronic versus just sporadic um, it's sensitive but I think if you can get yourself where you're where you're finding the grit inside of you to overcome your challenges um, I think that's where you make significant changes in your life and so I go to therapy but I can push myself to the point where I, I'm making significant changes in my life and I see the results. Talk to me about therapy, dude. Oh, dude, therapy is... I yeah. love therapy. When did you start that? Yeah. What what's yeah. that? So, that's a great question. Now I will get a little bit personal with you. Um, that is what we're here for. Get down to the nitty gritty and this isn't something that it's it's um so i started therapy um january of 2019 yeah okay january of 2019 um because um and to be frank because of pornography it was something that i had dealt with for at that point a good 10 years of my life you know on and off i had done really good and and i think for anyone that doesn't really understand addiction and especially pornography addiction is that it's something that's so it's it's hard because it's so accessible but also it's like you don't want it but you again it's an addiction so you crave it so it's something that you don't want you hate it you despise it disgusts you but at the same time the way it rewires your brain like you have to get the fix it's weird mm-hmm. so i went to therapy the first time because of that i like i need to figure this out I need to figure out what my triggers are. I need to figure out how I can handle this because I don't, I don't like it. I don't know anyone that has dealt with it, and I think, I think it's a lot more common than people think. Um, it's just talking so. about yeah. talking about it is a lot less common than knowing how common it is. If I that feel makes like sense. That's probably one of the hardest things to do is to you know? admit to someone else that yeah. So we have this problem. It's this, you know, generally, it has a stigma. Yeah, right. no, there's a huge stigma behind it, and I think the more open you are to talking about it, the easier it is to figure out how to end it, right? Excuse me, so that's why I went to therapy the first time, and I had gotten um, in a really good spot mentally and emotionally to you know overcome the addiction, and, and, and for those in the LDS church, um, I was able to go back to the temple, and, and um, you know, just have more peace in my life. That's what I was seeking more than anything else. Is I just want peace, right? 
Um, for me, that's highly that's high involvement in in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. It's a high involvement with my relationship with God, and that's what brings me peace. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried the drug thing. I've tried alcohol. Um, I've tried the one night stands thing, and it just it doesn't work. It does not bring you peace. It doesn't bring me peace anyway. So um, everything that I do now is based on if it brings me peace or not. So, um, okay. so yeah, that's the. That's why I went to therapy the first time. I got a handle on it, um, and then, uh, and then that lasted a few months, and then, and then it was just interesting because it's not something you can ever plan for. Obviously, you don't ever. It's hard to prepare yourself for something that you don't know if or when it's going to happen. Um, but then I, I had gotten to a point um, towards the last half of 2019 where I was ready to start dating again. felt like it was a good idea to download Tinder and Mutual, and it was not a great idea. Um, and not to go into too many details there, but, but I had lost those. that I lost my peace again. I lost it. It was yeah. gone, and I had no idea when I was getting it back. Yeah. Um, and then 2020 rolled around. Um, and do you remember that video I posted about the girl I'd seen at the gym? I do. You remember that vaguely? That was, yeah, dude, I, I do remember that. Yeah, but, so. But, but remind or, or Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> this is a, a tangent, but it all ties together. Yeah. Um, so I had met, I'd seen this girl at the, so the new gym at the school had just opened up just a couple months before. Um, and starting beginning of, you know, January one or whatever, I'm going to the gym every morning at six and I start seeing this girl and I'm pretty consistent. I'm like, well, she's super cute, but I'm not that kind of guy that talks to or approaches women at the gym. Cause I think men overdo it and they, they disrupt flow. And I just like, I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy. Um, but I posted a video about it. Like I, there's this girl and there's this weird snowball thought process where you're like, what if we meet? And then we start dating, and then we get married, and we have kids. And it's like this weird, weird snowball thing. Yeah. It turns out a lot of people have thoughts like that, so I'm glad I'm not alone. But I was I asked that question because I didn't know, yeah. right? So I posted about it um, like a Thursday night, and then in the next morning, I'm like, if 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 I work out next to her, then I'll talk to her. So. Now is it? So I, I'm. I was always the first one in the gym. I go and set up where I'm at. It's leg day. I'm. I'm. I'm at the squat rack on the bottom floor, doing my thing. And then uh, she planted herself right next to me, and I was like, I have to talk to her now. Um, and I didn't talk to her then because I was scared. I was scared. Uh, but um, by the end of my workout. I had kind of gotten, and this sounds very stalkerish of me, and I'm so sorry, but I had I figured out her her pattern, sorry, um, her pattern, and like when she finished working out and whatever, and so I had timed it so that I left seconds before she did out the same door, so I ended up opening the door for her and I said, "Hey, I see you around here a lot, Look at you. almost as much as me. Yeah. What's your name?" And she rolled her eyes and she's like, you know, told me your name and and uh, and we met and. Shortly thereafter, started dating. 
right? Um, and this is where things can get a little bit um, personal and sensitive. And so, for her sake, I won't go into too many details. No, but sure. she, yeah. she had she. First of all, she is easily the one of the most amazing women I've ever met in my life. Probably second to my mom. Um, she is extremely kind. She's passionate. She's sassy, which I really appreciate um, when when I can be sassy and she can be sassy back. Super driven and motivated, um, but not even motivated, but disciplined. Um, you know, knowing that she goes to the gym every day at six was like, oh yeah, you know, there's there's something there which yeah. I appreciate yeah. that I can relate to. Um, am beautiful, just uh, just even like thinking about her now, even though we're not together. I'm just like, yeah, she was an incredible woman, um, and we hit it off immediately, um, and. Uh, but she she was dealing with a lot of, of inner demons herself. She had some you know like mental health and some health issues that were just preventing her from some things and and uh, you know feeling comfortable moving forward in a relationship. And I took that personally, and I was a bit prideful in the way that I had approached that, thinking that um, I had all the answers, and I did not and do not. And so we had dated for a good almost year and a half. But it was just kind of this, like a dance. Like, um, it it was it was hard because we wanted to make it work, but we just we couldn't. It was and there was things that I was doing that weren't conducive to progress, and things that she was as well. Um, but but between all the back and forth and the dancing around, um, pornography decided to rear its ugly head again, and. And I decided to take matters in my own hand, and I was like, "I'm going back to therapy because I don't want to deal with this anymore. It doesn't bring me peace. It's affecting my relationship, um, and obviously, I'm you know, hoping that this works out, so I can't take this into into that relationship." Um, and so I'd gone back a second time to therapy, and have been since March. And I was just there today. Um, just trying to figure that out. Just trying to get an, an outside perspective inside my brain um, and really learn more about myself and what I need and what I do to bring me peace. And and that's why I have gone and go to therapy. Like it's a pretty, it's a pretty, I know it, it, it I feel like I could, I could go in circles about it. Um, but I definitely, I definitely feel like I needed to go um, but because I hadn't really taken care of it the first time, it caused a lot of problems in the relationship I was trying to have. Um, and I admit that. I mean, it was definitely, it wasn't easy for her to hear. Um, and how she decided to handle it, I don't blame her by any means. Um, but it's definitely something I should have taken care of beforehand before I tried going into a relationship. And so I'd recommend... For anybody that's listening to this um, that struggles with something like that, like get the help that you need because it's really hard to carry that heavy of a load into a relationship with somebody that you care about because it's just a burden that that you don't want to be dragging around with you, you know. And there is hope. There is absolute hope in escaping that. Um, is it easy? No. Again, you have to find what works for you. Yes. Am I always motivated? No. 
at my discipline. I'm getting there, you know, um, but I've been good for a while and it's just because I, I recognize my trigger points. I recognize whether they're emotional triggers or mental triggers or thoughts that I have, whatever it is, I recognize them quicker so I can prevent anything from happening and, and I going to bed early helps because I wake up early for the gym. Um, but yeah, that's, that's therapy. And I also found in therapy that there was some other behaviors that I was, that I had in a relationship that I didn't want aside from pornography. It was, um, bottling things up and not being, not communicating. Um, it was, it was saying things that I shouldn't have said, you know? So it was, it was, it was a, it was a learning experience. Um, and, and, uh, a byproduct of that was I hurt someone I really cared about, and so it was it was hard. It's it's been a it's been a pretty hard and difficult last few months, um, but uh, you know I'm grateful that I'm I'm learning and growing, and and uh, you know I don't hold any ill will towards her or the decisions that she decided to make. I really hope that you know she finds the happiness and peace that she needs in her life to you know to find that that peace in her life and. Yeah, I mean, that was a lot, but um, yeah, Dude, she's, uh, she's like, awesome. I think you met her, though. Didn't you meet her a couple times? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, well, I think she's an incredible woman, and, and uh, obviously want her to be happy more than anything else. So, Dude, well, I, I mean, first of all, I, I respect the hell yeah. out of you for oh, thank you. being willing to, to open up and talk about some of that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, though, because I, I, uh, I was talking to my mom. So I lived with my mom, so that's also, <laughs> you know, 28, I lived with my mom going to therapy. It. So, Love it. you know, uh, pretty interesting living situation right now. Um, but so I get to talk to her, which is awesome because I hadn't, I haven't lived close to my mom in like 10 years. So it's been really great to reconnect with her. Um, but she was like, yeah, I just feel like you're. Like, because you like talking to people and you like being on the stage, like, I feel like there's just something more to your life than what you currently see. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. Maybe. You know, it'd be cool if there was. Um, if I need to be an advocate and a, and a voice for people that are dealing with pornography addiction and in, in expressing that there is hope to be found, um, that you can escape it, then sure sign me up yeah. you know because I felt relief and I'm and I definitely have to put in a plug for the man upstairs you know because it's it's hard to for me in my life because it brings me peace it's hard to do anything without considering God in my life and the relationship I have with him um, and Jesus Christ and how essential the gospel is for me and I think there comes a point in everyone's life whether you grew up in the church or not um whether you believe in God or the universe or a higher power, like you have to come to terms with what type of relationship brings you peace. I think that's when you start to really kind of break through the the bad stuff, you know. That's awesome, so. dude. No, I, I mean, yeah, that takes some crazy maturity to to want even talk about it, to talk about it publicly, and then yeah. I respect that, dude. Right. That's awesome, and I, I think I think a big point there is that there may not ever be an, an to yeah. a lot of these things that we're talking well, about, right? And so I think yeah. whether it's the gym, whether it's this topic that we've we've been on, 
I don't know that you ever reach a point where it's just over, right? No. no matter what it is, whether it's working out or whether it's dealing with something that you're going through. Yeah. I think that that word that you use, dedication, and that that trumps motivation. Oh yeah, discipline. Every time. Discipline over motivation, ten out of ten times. Yeah. And it, it's it's crazy you say that because my therapist he's like, so I know you've been good for a while, but do you feel like like what are the odds? I was feeling pretty confident with zero. He's like, nope. Yeah. There's always a chance. Now it's just, do you have the right tools to overcome? You know those moments where you can relapse. Are you, are you willing to sacrifice immediate needs or wants for long term peace? And so like, as soon as you can find that, as soon as you can eliminate shame and embarrassment out of your life. Um, self-loathing, self-hate, because I, I have felt all of those things. I talked to a buddy about the same thing yesterday, and he's like, I just don't feel worthy of love. I feel like I can't find anybody to love me. I feel like I, I, I'm not worth the fight. I'm not worth the struggle. I'm not worth... And I'm like, dude, you're one of the best guys I know. That's crazy. You know, and so like what pornography can do to someone's mind is it's it's changing your mind on a molecular level where you really have to put in a ton of work to be able to overcome those things and uh i'm determined as hell to do it um it's it's uh it's been quite an interesting journey and and it's not over i don't like you said i don't think it'll ever be over at least not in this life um but I, uh, I'm grateful that because of that, I do feel peace. And I know, like, in my life when I'm doing something I'm supposed to be doing, it's because I have peace in my life. And if, if not, if there's whatever it is, whether it's business or relationships or um, the way you treat someone in traffic, dude. Like, I, I tell you what, like, this is a quick little tangent, but it ties in. This morning, I get to my car, and someone had parked within a foot of, like, well, I mean, uh, maybe it was, like, a foot and a half, but it was, I'm a thick dude, and so I had to, like, shimmy into my car, and you almost wanted just to hit my door against his or hers, whoever's car it was, um, and, like, post about it on social media and be like, look at this jackass, blah, 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 but I'm like, that's not going to do anything, and it just, like, makes me drive away pissed, and so I just had to. I had to like talk myself out of it and calm myself down. I was like, you know what? Maybe they were just in a hurry. Maybe their, maybe their pre-workout kicked in and they couldn't re-park. I've been there, you know. So like a million. So I talked myself out of some some road rage to this morning, yeah. because a uh, road rage doesn't bring anyone peace. It doesn't. The exact opposite. Yeah. So, yeah, man, seek peace. That's like the. That's that's the theme, man. That's the, that's that's my that's been my my um one of my daily mantras is is seek peace that's awesome and that that obviously means so many different things for so many people yeah and and like we talked about dude i don't know if you'll ever fully be immersed in that until you know the day the guy upstairs uh-huh. takes over but until then uh, you gotta yeah. you know you gotta create yourself and put yourself in yeah situations that that allow you to do that and i think that's probably that's, we, we as humans that have is to figure out the purpose of life honestly yeah. it's like we're bombarded with so much and like not everyone deals with pornography but maybe people deal with anger issues or maybe people deal with alcoholism or maybe people deal with 
things that they can't control, like depression and anxiety. Like there are certain things that you you were dealt a shitty set of cards, and and it's like I've never I've never dealt with long term depression or anxiety, but I've had moments where I can kind of more empathize and sympathize with people, but again, not on the same level because again, it's not like a chronic issue. But but regardless of what those weights are that you're carrying around, like as long as you take it a day at a time. Cause that's that's key you gotta take it one day at a time um, usually when I'm feeling sad or upset or whatever I'm like dude it's it's time for bed I just need to go to bed so that's what I do nice. you know so I go to bed and, and wake up in the morning I'm like oh yeah I can I feel better now and so just got to make it through each day um, you know seek peace find out what works for you and what doesn't and and start to eliminate those things that don't work because as soon as you start to eliminate those things that don't work you'll find out what actually does and that's directly from Matthew McConaughey himself. Have you heard that one? <laughs> Sounds Dude, like I need to. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, 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 uh, I'll send it to you. But it's this motivational video where he's... Uh, have you seen Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. You know, his character's like, uh... Yeah, yeah. Uh... So that's how the video starts. Out, and you're like, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he just talks about, about you know, climbing your hills, about, about figuring out what burdens you want to deal with and which ones you don't. Because ultimately you get to decide, you know. Um, if you decide you want to deal with alcoholism, you're going to drink. And you've got to bear that cross, right? If that's something, because everything comes down to a choice. Whether you believe it or not, you can always decide how you react to what you have going on in your life. So, so yeah, whatever it is that you decide to bear, like it's up to you. Um, at least how you react to it. So he goes on. I'll, I'll share that video yeah, on YouTube. But it's nice. it's awesome. I, I used to listen to it every morning. I've stopped now. Now I uh, now I just write down a full page of new daily affirmations every morning, where it's like seek peace and I'm in control of my thoughts and emotions and I am willing and equipped for a healthy and happy relationship and I serve others every day and like all these things of who I want to be and what I want to accomplish and I'm trying to like bring it in trying to manifest you know yeah i'll even write down bronco every now and then because that's absolutely going to happen um for those of you who don't know it posts like every other day on his instagram story picture least, of dude. a Ford bronco oh dude it's so cool um but yeah so so uh i've been doing that and that's been helping a lot to be conscious of like what things am i actively doing to make my life better and bring peace into it so very cool i would recommend that to everybody now it's a good one well, that yeah. took a completely awesome tangent. That was, not <laughs> that, was that was awesome, dude. Yeah. I super appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Will you will you leave us with? So, for those of you who don't know, as is one of the the most energetic, charismatic, <laughs> friendly dudes that I've ever come across. And what do you what do you attribute that to, man? What what drives you to to seek out friendships with other people so often and, and hmm. what drives you to be so interactive and engaging with other people as long as I've known you that's that's kind of been yeah no, what a, you're about obviously that's like a good question when you were talking about being here in St. George and just throwing parties and being in student government and just being involved with people I just saw you post the other day on Facebook like how can I 
I don't know if you need anything like yeah. to be done, like anyone I can help, like just let me know what what like what motivates you and what drives you to be be so social and to look out for other people too much. Um I think part of it comes from um a um a short stint of being bullied in junior high. Um and just not being included. And and just looking back at it, I'm like, yeah, it's sad, but it's, it's funny because it happened to me, so I can laugh about it. Um, but one time I was invited, this was, I think this was eighth or ninth grade, so still in junior high, um, I was invited to go hang out with the cool kids. And I'm like, yeah, I made it, you know, I'm going to hang out with the cool kids. And uh, so they all lived in this this um, gated community. And so I get to the gate, I'm like riding my bike over there because I lived about a mile away. And... Uh, <laughs> So I get to the house where they said they were at. I'm like, hey, I'm here. Like, where are you guys at? I'm like, oh, you just missed us. We're over at so-and-so's house. Come down the, come around back. We're, we're downstairs in the basement. So I'm like, okay, like, whatever. We go over there. It's completely dark. And I'm just like, what the? And I'm like, hey, I'm here. I think the door's locked, though. Like, and the guy, what happened? I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, we went to this other place. So it was like, they sent me on a goose chase. But, uh, and it turned out that they had, they were, had, yeah, they, they, uh, they did it on purpose and they were trying to just make me feel like shit and it worked. Yeah. Um, and so I hated feeling like that. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to break out of my shell is because I just wanted to, I wanted people to feel included. That's like, I don't, I don't care if whatever you like and what you do isn't harming somebody else. Like you're always invited, and so that's kind of that's kind of like what a big motivator for that was in college. Um, now it's a little bit more of of trying to expand my heart to loving people. Just really trying just to like everybody deals with their own stuff. Everyone's got something, even if you don't think they do. I guarantee it they do, whether it's self-esteem or if it's mental health or if it's relationship problems or or not being motivated or like whatever it is. There's, I mean, there's a million different things that people can deal with. Um, but it's like one of those things that if you can just make someone smile once, like, it, you know, throughout the day, like whether it's having a brief conversation with the lady at Maverick, you know, they all wear name tags. So people's favorite word is their name. So if you can, if you can, if you can learn someone's name and remember the name and that's something I struggle with still is the remembering names but if I have a chance to ever read a name tag I always say thank you so and so you know and like how's your day and how are you doing and and I got that from my dad because he's very sociable like that where he can just have a, a conversation with somebody in the gas station like he's known them for 20 years um I try and do that I still get a little bit timid but I'm uh yeah, I don't know. I think people just want to feel loved and want to be loved, and and uh, that can be expressed in you know several different ways, whether it's platonic or romantic or just as friendships or like whatever it is. Um, like we all want to feel loved and accepted, right? And so I think that's the ultimate goal is just to live a life that allows people to feel love. You know, whether it's a, a smile in the grocery store or inviting someone to a party that usually doesn't get invited to parties um and uh yeah i guess that'd probably be it just uh, love is a very powerful 
emotion to feel. And if people feel loved, then they'll usually start to figure things out for themselves. Be like, oh, I like this. This is good. How do I get more of this? And then they, you know, it's like the pay it forward effect. That's what that's what I would hope happens. If you know, I don't. I don't need to. I'm a very simple man. I have very simple needs. Um, I don't need to be served. If someone does want to, I try to like okay, because you're you're you don't want to deny someone an opportunity to serve and receive. Sure that piece that brings them right so if anyone ever offers like sure yeah absolutely um i don't need it i don't think a lot of people think that they do need things but yeah but it's always nice to be you know helped out sometimes and if you can get over your ego then then you're usually happier at the end of the day um yeah it's kind of a a a plethora of things but but yeah i think it just boils down to love in line to give love and receive love and and there's that saying that we we tend to um, or we we receive the love we think we deserve and so if you find yourself in a in a hurtful situation whether it's long term or not because you probably don't think you deserve love mm-hmm. but you do like everyone does um, everyone deserves to be loved and understood um, and then hopefully by your example you know someone can find that love for themselves because it's like it's like <laughs> one of those things if you love someone that loves you but you don't love yourself then you've missed the mm-hmm. you've missed it because it's like if you love them and you think they're so great and they think you're so great then why wouldn't you be great too yeah you know super <laughs> dude I appreciate you yeah that was that was awesome man I, I just think every one of us has something going on in our lives and most of us have no idea mm. that other people are struggling with things. Yep. Wow. And I, I just think you're, you're right, dude. If you can if you can brighten someone's day as cheesy as that is to say, if you can yeah. smile, if you can interact with someone, yeah. I'm sure you have we have no idea what that could do for someone else. Yeah. And it's not even every day like like sometimes I definitely prefer self checkout. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. But, but like when the opportunity is presented in front of you, just even if you have to, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, and one thing I started doing is if I have the thought to do something, I'll do it if it's nice, know, productive, and yeah. and yeah. can bring a smile to someone's face, whether it's complimenting a random stranger's shoes. Like I was in Denver for work a couple of weeks ago, and we were at um, what little burger place were we at? Um, Smash Burger. Great burgers. Oh, yeah. um, I could talk a lot about food, but um, so yeah, this this random girl. She was like sitting down waiting for her food. She had really cool shoes on. I don't even remember where they were. I think they were some some Jordans. Uh, I am not a shoe guy. Yeah. I don't know. I wear. I'm currently wearing New Balance that I got from Ross for thirty bucks. They're kind of sexy. Though. Thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, the thought. It was a brief thought. It was just like she has cool shoes. You should tell her. I was like. Okay. He's like, hey, you have cool shoes. And she's like, thanks. And I'm like, you're welcome. And that was it. That was the entire interaction. Yeah. You know, um, nothing lost, but maybe something gained. You know, you never know. You're never going to hurt anything by yeah. telling something that, telling someone that something yeah. you like about it. Yeah. Right? And the more you can know somebody, the more you can compliment them as far as like, kind of like their character or their personality. Yeah. You know, 
I think that that definitely goes a lot longer, or like a, a lot further. For sure. Um, but yeah, I definitely start out with just like if you like someone's shoes or their shirts, their shirt, yeah, like yeah. everyone likes to feel awesome, yeah. you know. But then yeah, once you get to know someone, it's like like yeah, I don't know, just really brighten my day whenever I see them. This made me happy. Yeah. I'm like, Dude, yep. Leave me with uh, what what does swagger mean to you? Oh, what is that? What is that term? What is that trait? What is that? What does that mean to you? That's a good question. I definitely think it's got more oomph than swag does. Um, I think swagger is. I think it's definitely. I think it's kind of. How would I put this? I think it's how you. It's how you hold yourself. I mean, it's it's. You can attribute it to the shoes you wear or the clothes that you wear. Um, but I think it's, it's when I think of swagger, I think of like a strong, silent type, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but never malicious, never rude or hurtful. Like swagger is someone that, like when they speak or when they say something, it's profound and it's, it's, and it's kind. Um, so swagger to me is like you hold your chin up, um, you deal with whatever you got going on, and you're kind to people, but then you just look like a badass doing it, you know. So that's, I guess that's swagger to me. That's a perfect <laughs> description, dude. I love that. What's swagger to you? Well, I mean, this that's is a, your that's podcast. That's an excellent whether, question, dude. I think you summarized anyone, it very well. Has anyone asked you that question? No one has. Well, I want to hear your answer. This is your podcast. Great question. So, swagger to me, I mean, you you pretty much nailed it on the head, dude. I think swagger really just boils down to I believe in myself and I want someone else to feel the same way. Cool. So, whether that be your outward appearance, whether that be the way that you engage with and interact with other people, Mm -hmm. but you have a belief in yourself doesn't mean you're perfect, doesn't mean you don't have issues or problems that you're dealing with, but you are willing to take those head on. You're willing to get better and improve. And you always have an eye out for someone else. Like yeah. I said, right? Yeah. Swagger isn't provocative. It's 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 kind, right? Yeah. yeah, you're looking for an opportunity to share the way you feel with someone else and have them feel that same way. Yeah. So that's what swagger means to me. Swagger. I love it. Dude. That's awesome. Well, as you're the man, I, no, I appreciate, the man, I appreciate right? you opening up, dude. That's, I, I think there's definitely, there's so many stigmas that I think are luckily starting to be broken a little bit I hope around so. certain things, like talking about what, you know, what you've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciate you being able yeah. to, to open up. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who are, maybe not with, with that specifically, but something. Yeah. You know, everyone's dealing with something. Whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I, and I appreciate you being willing to open up about it. And um, one thing I always know about Ez is that he's always just, like, I obviously would have never known that you are going through yeah. stuff because you're always just engaging, you're smiling, you're yeah. laughing, and you're, you're always looking to help someone else. That's, that's a lesson in of itself, man. That's because that, that's what brings me peace, man. Yeah. Like if, if, if like even if I am dealing with whatever it is that I'm dealing with that I'll I don't know it's like I, I find peace
peace and helping people. And uh, I like being around people. I just, I really just enjoy, yeah. like, like you know, like those those times when you're with people you enjoy being around, but you're not really doing anything. Like oh, yeah. you're like you're oh, always yeah. like BSing on your yeah, phone. That's the most part of describe. Yeah, it's like it's like one of those cool things where like you don't have to be engaged necessarily like with someone as far as like always talking, but if you're just like there chilling with somebody and you're just doing your thing, but like you trust the person next to you yeah. and there's mutual mutual understanding, I think that's that's awesome. And so I, I uh, I'm trying to have more moments like that. Of just openness and vulnerability, I'm, I'm listening to a book right now by Brene Brown called "The Power of Vulnerability." I've heard of that, dude. It's awesome. That's awesome. It's way awesome, especially for men. And for men, it's really hard to be vulnerable. Our society is not um, conducive to vulnerable men, you yeah. know. And so, um, it's been if given an opportunity to be vulnerable and step out of my comfort zone. I try and take it. My therapist, he actually asked me today. He's like, "So, are you gonna?" How personal are you getting? It? I'm like I don't know, depending on how. Well, I I, talk, I told him like depending on the vibes. <laughs> yeah, the vibes were great. The vibes yeah. were great. Um, but yeah, being vulnerable, there's a lot of strength and vulnerability and humility, and I think a lot of people um, see those things for weaknesses, but it it takes a lot of strength to to be open and vulnerable, and I think the more people understand that, the uh, the better off people are. One of the one of the traits that I respect most in people is is the ability to be vulnerable yeah. and like own own the stuff that you're going through. Yep. Because I, I I think that that's one of the hardest things to do, and I feel like most people don't ever get to the point where they're okay with admitting that there's a problem. Yeah. Whether to themselves <laughs> or to someone else, right? Dude, that's yeah, that's sick. I so when someone like in your shoes like can admit to themselves, hey, like. This doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, I want to feel differently, and you do something about it, dude. Kudos to you. Thanks, man. That's awesome. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Well, that dude, that was that was a gold mine. That was a <laughs> gold mine. So I, I appreciate everyone tuning in. This has been Swagger the podcast. Lucky episode number thirteen. Nice with Ez, Ezra Hainsworth as for Prez. Appreciate everyone tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, video content will be thrown up on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram as well. Uh, big shout out to Ed. Dude, that was Thanks, that brother. was awesome. That was, that was really it. cool. And, um, Happy to be here. Honestly, I, I'm sure if, if anyone wanted to reach out or just ask Ed like, how he's going about or if you want a, a reference for yeah therapist i'm sure as is more than happy to. oh yeah yeah by all means i mean yeah. definitely feel free to holler at your boy um you can find me on facebook instagram myspace nah, i just kidding um ezra haynes is my handle that doesn't mean you have to follow me but um if you all want to ask some questions definitely feel free to slide them dms haha <laughs> and as is one of the more active users on on social media that i know in a good way like you're always posting their good content or like personal like i like to be goofy though yeah i like to be transparent and goofy and just i think realness i think especially nowadays just gotta be real with people i agree so i agree all right appreciate everyone tuning in um shout out ez appreciate it man thanks brother talk to you guys next time yep peace